Glory to God. How many appreciate your worship team? If you're on the sound team, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to stretch forth your hands. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for these praise warriors. Lord, who deliver songs and music and sounds to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we bless them today with the anointing and the power of of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus 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 hallelujah in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh in the name in the name in the name of Jesus Father thank you so much in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, we bless them today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, may the power of God just touch them. May the grace of God just fill them. May the excitement of Jesus just go throughout their bones in the name of Jesus. Oh, we give you thanks and praise and glory. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing and your goodness and your praise. We thank you for this team. Protect them. Lord, give them songs of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise that you anoint them with fresh oil in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. And uh, we want to pray for Mr. Dan right now. He's gonna be this he's gonna be this is his last Sunday with us for a season. He's gonna be going down south again. You can just stand up where you are, Dan. We just want to pray for you. Father, we just give you thanks and praise as we bless our brother Dan in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for protecting him and leading, guiding, and directing him, Lord, and just strengthen him with might in his inner man by the Holy Ghost. And we just thank you, Lord, that he's going to take what you put into him here and he's going to spread it wherever he goes. And he's going to be a light that shines. And, Lord, I give you thanks and praise that he'll be a voice and a beacon to those who, who needs you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We had a great uh, men's conference yesterday. And Amen. I want to thank everybody that was part of that. Yes. Hallelujah. Was I, I watched online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our... Uh, Pastor Tony and Pastor Nelson did a fantastic job. They did a great job. Fabulous. And uh, we had Lisa and Dottie and uh, Cookie and uh, Melissa. Melissa. It takes so much less people to help for the men's stuff. We should take them. We're doing too much for the women's stuff. We're more simple. Yeah, I see. All right, you guys ready to exercise your authority? Let's make our confession. Let's believe what we say. And let's make our confession. We are committed to following God's pattern of giving and receiving. We are pleased to generously invest in God's work and expect a rich return. 
God has provided and freely given to us all things for life and godliness. We give in faith, and it is returned to us, shaken down, making room for more. We are fully satisfied, overflowing, and running over the top. We shout to and magnify the Lord, favoring His righteous cause. He is pleased that we prosper. We gladly honor the Lord with our capital, substance, and our income. God fills our accounts abundantly, and we overflow with the fullness of God's Spirit. God enables us to get wealth, increase in wealth, and become very wealthy to establish His covenant. We abound in grace. We are fully supplied for every good work. God multiplies what we give, and we increase our fruit of righteousness. We are blessed in what God has given us. God makes us rich with no regrets. As victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Well, yeah, we have to mention uh, Pastor or, or Terry Orlando. I know, I was thinking that as we were doing this. Terry yeah. Orlando, he came through. Uh, uh, I call him Mr. Terry. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what do I call him officially up here. But anyway, so Josiah decided to come to the men's conference because of the prizes that he saw when he was here on Thursday that were displayed or being displayed out. And he came to the men's conference, and that was all because of Mr. Terry and all the great work that he put in to get all these wonderful door prizes that the men enjoyed. Amen. And so thank you, Mr. Terry. He was a great job. You know, um, the Orlando's have great faith. <laughs> yes, I heard. They won every. They won a prize from the oldest to the youngest. <laughs> it was so awesome. What do they do before they come to these events? There's something you're doing. They pray and believe in God. I was gonna say, did you pray and believe God that we're gonna win a prize? And I bet if there wasn't a limit, like you know, once you win, you take your name out the bag. They probably would win all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was packing up. It was like, if you want to win prizes, just go hang out with them for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's good to have fun in church. Yes, you can. Yeah. All right. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I uh, came across this scripture recently. It's always been there, but. Uh, and uh, in First Chronicles, chapter 29, and I want to share with how David reacted when he gave. And really, if you study what he gave, he, he gave everything that Solomon needed to build the temple. And uh, so um, he, he gave... A bunch, I say he gave a bunch. And then all of his leaders and his mighty men, uh, they gave a bunch. Alright? And uh, look at verse 9. First Chronicles 29, 9. And it says, 
The people rejoiced because they had given willingly. Everybody say they rejoiced. They rejoiced. For with a whole and blameless heart they had offered freely to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. Everybody say rejoiced greatly. Rejoiced greatly. And I'm, I'm reading this from the Amplified. And then verse 10 says, Therefore David blessed the Lord. He blessed the Lord because he was privileged to give. Amen? Amen. And in the sight of all the assembly, and said, Blessed, uh, praised, adored, and thanked are you, O Lord, God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and on earth. Yours is the dominion and kingdom, O Lord. You exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Say riches and honor come from God. And you rule over all, all and your, in your hand is power and might. And it is your hands, it is in your hands to make great and to give strength to everyone. Now therefore, our God, we thank you. He's thanking him because he gets to give. Right. Amen? Amen? We thank you and we praise your glorious name. Now look at verse 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this. And really, if you were to take the modern day amounts of what David himself, out of his own stuff, would give, it would be about a billion. Amen? Because the temple, the temple that Solomon built was about 70 billion. Amen? I mean, the tent that, that Moses built was about 7 million. That's, not, that's a pretty nice tent. <laughs> But I just want you to capture the heart. If you want a, an example of a cheerful giver, there's, there's one right there. Yep. David gave, and he was just rejoicing. He was blessing God. He was just thanking God. Amen? Yeah. Why? Because when you give to God, you've got to know it's going to come back to you more. Yeah. Amen? So, Father, we can thank you for the ability to give to you. What a joy and a privilege it is to do this great and wonderful thing, Father, and I pray over everyone who takes the opportunity to invest in your kingdom, Lord. I call them blessed, uh, increased, favored, overflowing, Lord, uh, enriched in every way, protected and provided for by you. And we just call every gift blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can give any time during the service. You can uh, give online if you're watching. Uh, you can bring it in, you can send it in, you can do it with a card in the bookstore. There's all kinds of ways. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. We have a great, uh, oh, let me uh, make some announcements. So, you know, sometimes I get so excited that I forget things. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Next Sunday, we're going to have a special guest, uh, Andrew Taylor. Uh, he normally would have been with us in August, um, but... Wherever, whatever country he was in at the time, uh, that's where he was. And, and so he's in America. He only comes to America once a quarter. And uh, he's going to be with us. He has a Bible school in Indonesia, a Bible school in Fiji. And uh, we have had the privilege, uh, myself and Gabriel, to uh, go to Fiji 
And he has an incredible work there, and just a great group of students. Uh, so he's coming next Sunday, so it'll be a great opportunity. And then I think it's uh, Air Force on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. And we have a Wednesday night refreshing on Wednesday. Air Force is at 6.30. Wednesday night refreshing is at 7. Um, and uh, I have a new book out. Uh, it's called The Business of Blessing. And be- beware, it will cause you to be blessed. So only those who love the blessing are going to love that book. But uh, it's available. We have some copies here. You can get it on Amazon. If you want the Kindle version, it's available through that. And I uh, want to encourage you to, uh, Tuesday's the big day, right? Yeah. We're going to cast our seed yeah. for our love of our country, and we get to vote. And uh, if you need uh, uh, information about voting, we have some voter guides. You can pick one up after the service. That will just help you uh, to see what uh, each candidate is standing for. I mean, you got to look at what they stand for. Yep. And uh, and then also we're having a Bless the Children Home fundraiser. Uh, there's some sheets on the information table. Uh, they're going to be selling some baked goods and different things. And it's going to go to help uh, get beds, uh, replace the beds that are at the home for all the kids. Uh, we want to give them some good metal beds so that they'll last longer. And uh, it's just a great opportunity. You know, uh, Bless the Children Home, it's... Uh, led and run by my awesome, incredible wife, Pastor Fiona. And, you know, they're reaching a generation. And um, it's amazing what these kids come out of, but it's amazing to see their transformation. And uh, two kids from the home are in Bible school at Raymond right now in Oklahoma. And uh, there could be more growing as well. So, uh, we regularly support uh, this home, and uh, this is an extra, everybody say over and above. Over and above. So, get involved in that fundraiser, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We have some awesome, incredible kids, and awesome, incredible teachers. We want to dismiss our kids for Kids Live. Go have a good class, kids. Experience the memory of God. I love it when God adds to my message in the morning. (laughs) And that's what was happening this morning right before uh, I left. Amen. And, uh, you know, I want to talk to you this morning about having victory over the world. And I'm going to show you why we need to have that victory and what we have the victory over. But, um... You know, there are many things that are happening in the world that we live in. Some good, some bad. And uh, we need people who are rising up to be world overcomers. God wants to change this world through His Word. He loves this world. He gave His Son to this world. But this world, as it is now, is not what it was when He created it. Because evil was allowed access into this world through man's sin. But 
God has given us a way to overcome the world. And our victory comes through faith in God and obedience to His Word, rather than through any military might or numerical superiority or financial status. Everybody say, my victory victory comes through faith faith in the Lord. Lord. I want you to go to 1 John chapter uh, 4, or I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 5. I'll give you this and then we will uh, go from here. And I want you to look at verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God. If you're born of God, shout yes. Yes. Hallelujah. He said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. When you're born of God, you become an overcomer. Not an undertaker, but an overcomer. And this is the victory that overcomes the what? The world. Even our faith. Alright? So, let me share some things with you about what the Bible says about the world. Now, He's referring a lot to the world's system, or what the world believes, what the world values, what the world thinks, what the world does. Okay? Jesus, in John 8, 23, he told his disciples, he told some people, he said, you are of this world, I am not of this world. Jesus is not of this world. Therefore, Jesus is a stark contrast to the world. How Jesus thinks is different than how the world thinks. What Jesus does is different than what the world does. How Jesus treats people is a lot different than how the world treats people. Jesus said, I am not of this world. And when you follow Jesus, your retirement plan will be out of this world. In John 18.36, John 18.36, Jesus answered, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. So his kingdom is not of this world. The way he rules is different than how the world rules. The world is ruled by the flesh, what they see, what they feel, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride. That's what rules the world. Okay? Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. The Bible says, let me say the Bible says. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Do you believe the Bible is all true? Yes. Whether you believe it or not, it is all true. But if you want it to benefit you, you better believe it's the truth. Amen? Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this 
world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, the Phillips translation says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Why shouldn't you be conformed to the world? Because the world as it is now is against God. Because the world as it is right now is run by that crazy naked man called the devil. Why do I say that? Because he lost his anointing, but he still uh, has access and authority here on this earth. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted? And Satan took him to the high pinnacle of the temple? And he said, if you bow to me, all these... We're, all these what world of all the sins of this world, I'm gonna give you. Jesus didn't say, No, you can't, did he? Because right now, Satan is running this world. But God put people of faith in this world that's run by Satan that can overcome him. James two verse five. Listen, my beloved brethren, God has, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith? You've got to empty yourself of the world's uh, thinking and be filled with faith. He chooses the poor of this world. That means the world doesn't have a good hold on you. That means you're a good candidate to be rich in faith. How do we know when, when you come to God... There's some things that change in a person, isn't there? You know, if you haven't changed and you come to God, something's not right. When you come to God, things will change dramatically. Okay? But, and then he says, to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. His kingdom isn't of this world. And we're heirs of the kingdom, and we're in this world, but we're not of it. We're just passing through. Where's our citizenship? In heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, but I'm citizens of America. Yes, you are. That's temporal. But you're citizens of heaven. That's eternal. Mark 4.19. Mark 4.19. The cares of this world. world, what do they do? The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The cares that this world is concerned about, be careful because it will try to enter into you. And if it enters into you, it literally chokes the word. This is the Bible talking. The cares of this world. It chokes the word. And it makes it unfruitful. Go to James 4. James 4. I have just given you what the Bible says about the world. James 4 4. This is a powerful one. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? <gasps> Whoever therefore 
will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Does that mean I shouldn't have any friends in the world? It's not a, that's not at all what it's talking about. It's talking about embracing the world system. Being a friend of the world means you agree with how the world thinks. You agree with what the world does. The world thinks that marriage is not right, so they try to correct it. But they didn't create marriage. The world thinks that it's okay to abort babies. It's not okay to abort babies. The world thinks it's okay to lie to get ahead. It's not okay to lie. So when he says, those who are friends with the world, you're talking about embracing the world system. Being like the world. So many people strive to be like the world and not like God. This world is going to end, by the way. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. That's Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Alright, go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. See, I've got to tell you what's in the world so that we know what we have victory over. Amen? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Did you know that you're supposed to test spirits? Because there might be a spirit that comes to you that's not of God. You know, Caleb, and God said of Caleb, he had a different spirit in him. He didn't have a complaining spirit. He didn't have a murmuring spirit. He had a spirit of faith. A different spirit. Now notice, because many false prophets have gone out into the... Oh my goodness, there are false prophets in the world. Number two, verse two. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Very simple. What's your view on Jesus? That tells you whether or not you're of God. Okay? Number three. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. He's not saying the Antichrist. That's the person who's the one world ruler. He's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. There is a spirit. There's lots of spirits in this world that are against Christ. Against the anointing. Against the Son of God. Against the Messiah. They're in this world. Verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Those who are of God overcome the evil spirits that are in the world. The only people that can overcome the evil in the world is the people of God. That's good news. They are of the world, therefore they speak as the world. Do you know why some news media outlets are false? It's because they're of the world. They represent the world. Guess what? The world lies. The world cheats. The world deceives. Because it's run by a cheater, liar, and deceiver. The Bible says Satan is the father of lies. He's the deceiver. And he's running this world. 
right now, currently. His leash will come to an end. Hallelujah. And God will pull his leash. His leash will end and his, his leash will be pulled dramatically. Alright? So there the world, therefore they speak of the world and the world hears them. Did you know the world the world celebrates its own voice? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The world celebrates liars, cheaters, and deceivers. Yeah. The world congratulates adulterers. We are of God. Say, I'm of God. He who knows God hears us. Those who are of God hear the word. He who is not of God does not hear us. Have you ever went to witness someone and said, I don't want to hear that? They're not of God. They're not of God. So what do I do if I'm not a God? Pray for him and witness to him again. Amen? By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You've got to know the difference between the truth and error. How do you know that? The Word and the Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of truth. The Word is the Word of truth. So if it disagrees with this or the Holy Spirit, it's not. It's the spirit of error. Okay? Second John, Second John one seven. Second John one. This is this first part of this message is shocking off, right? But the second part of the message will be healing and health. All right. Second John one seven. Many deceivers have gone into the world, who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. There are entire false religions that do not believe that Jesus is God's son. And they're worldwide. They've got lots of people involved with them. But they're deceivers that are in the world. You've got to be careful what you're involved with, what you're listening to, what's influencing you. Alright? Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. According to the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. He's talking about all these things are in the world. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, just as others. People who are in the world are children of wrath. Their disobedience. When you don't have Jesus, this is what you are. But when you get Jesus, all that gets wiped away. Can you say amen? Amen. Alright? Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 10. John, chapter 1, verse... And by the way, I added these scriptures this morning at uh, 7.30 to 8, so... 
I was just going to write down something, and then all of a sudden this kind of just flooded my mind. I said, okay, God. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world, talking about Jesus. The world was made by Him, and the world did not know Him. The world, you cannot get information about God from the world. You can only get it from the Word. You can't take a poll in the world about what they think of God. Because they don't think of God. 100 out of 100 people in the world don't believe in God. No shock there. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 3. I'm giving you what the Bible says about the world. And this really isn't the incomplete. This really isn't the complete list. This is just some things. Amen? Galatians 4, 3. When we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. The elements in the world are designed to put you into bondage. They're designed to stifle you, to... Um, Contain you so that you don't progress. The elements of the world produce bondage. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The wisest person in the world... It's a fool to God. <laughs> I don't know why that cracks me up. But this is what God thinks about the world's wisdom. Be careful of the world's wisdom. It's foolishness to God. Second Peter chapter one, verse four. I only got six more on my list, so. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. By which have been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Did you know that there's a lot of corruption in the world? Yeah. People in the world are motivated by greed and covetousness. And envy and jealousy. People in the world will gladly do something, anything for money. Or fame. There's corrupt... Aren't you glad we've been delivered from the corruption of the world? Through the precious promises. Through the knowledge of God. He delivers us from the corruption. Hallelujah. We're uncorrupted in God. But you're corrupted in the world. You might call the world a giant swamp. <laughs> John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. The Gospel of John, chapter 3. Notice this. For God so loved the world. Aren't you glad that God loves the world? Yeah. He loves the, the world, the people that are in the world. This is not the world He created, but He loves it, because He can change it. Only He can change it. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came to show the world the way out. He came to show the world the way of truth. He came to give the world hope. He didn't say, you bad, bad world. No, he came to do something about the world, about the condition of the world. That's good news. That the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. People love darkness in the world. They love darkness more than light in the world. Because their deeds are evil. Verse 20. Everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be exposed. And that's what happens when God brings righteousness in. He exposes the darkness. That's why the world goes crazy. Because they don't want those things that they do to be exposed. They want to keep it hidden. If you look at the origins of Planned Parenthood, it was to do away with the race. Look at the origins of it. That's all I'm going to say about that. We're just, they want to disguise it as medical help. Bah humbug. They want to... Mm. They, they hate the light. They hate the light. Alright? Because the light lessons these should be small. Verse 21. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. See, I'm actually giving you good news in the midst of the bad news. Amen? It's called balanced preaching. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm in a different mood today. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. God put you in the world to promote his will. You are an ambassador. Say, I'm an ambassador. Say, I've been sent by heaven. I'm a light in darkness. I'm a truth in the midst of lies. I'm love in the midst of hatred. Yeah, you're an ambassador. And you're supposed to bring this reconciliation to others. You're supposed to proclaim the message of the one who sent us. Verse 20 again. Now then, not, not sometime in the future, right now. The moment you accept Christ, you become an ambassador. An ambassador for Christ. As though God were pleading through us as we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You have the right to communicate to people that they need to get right with God. Yeah. 
Even if it's a family member. Or a close friend, or a worker, or a neighbor. You don't tell them to get right with God in love. Verse 21. For he made him to, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. The world has an opportunity to change in Jesus. Okay? And uh, did you know that he chose you before... Oh, you got to look at this one. Ephesians 1.4. four. got to see this. <laughs> Ephesians 1.4. Okay? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Guess what? He wanted righteous people before he created the world. And he wants people to be righteous after he created the world. And man lost his righteousness, but Jesus restored the righteousness. We lost it, but Jesus restored it, and anybody can be restored to a righteous uh, position in Jesus. Amen? And we should be holy without blame before him in love. Okay? So, that brings us to our text. 1 John 5, 4. If you're born of God, you overcome the world. Right? And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Say, my faith faith is my victory. victory. Faith is your victory. I mean, you can put your trust in the things of this world, but the things of this world aren't going to protect you from evil. They're not going to protect you from bad things. Only God can protect you from bad things. You've got to put your trust in something greater than, the, than uh, all these things that we can put our trust in. Amen? Amen? Now, this means, this word victory is a conquest. It's the result from receiving the faith that Christ imparts. In other words... Uh, when God gave you Jesus, He supersized your victory. It comes with Jesus. Right? It's part of your order. It's the the extra on the side. Right? And, uh, hallelujah. The Christian victory is overcoming the world. We overcome darkness. We overcome lies. We overcome the deception. We overcome the destruction. We overcome the things of the world. A lot of the things that I just read to you. Your faith is designed. Your faith is equipped. There's nothing in the world that your faith cannot overcome. It doesn't matter how big the world makes itself look. You can overcome it. You are designed to overcome. Every believer in Christ is born into victory. Hallelujah! You were born into victory when you accepted Jesus Christ. Jesus stamped you with a big B. Victory is yours. Victory wherever you go. Victory in whatever you face. Victory, victory, victory. My goodness, that's good. (laughs) 
So you were, oh, listen to this. You were born of victory. You were born to live in victory. And you were born to live victoriously. In other words, when you got God's DNA, there was victory in that DNA. And he wove it into you. Victory became a part of you. When the Holy Spirit resides in your spirit, you reside in victory. Did you know that you have a victory address? You live on Victory Lane. You live on Overcoming Boulevard. You live on Winning Street. Amen? You live on Can't Lose Avenue. That's what victory means. You reside in victory. It's an address. And you can take that address wherever you go. It's a P.O. box that travels with you. Any challenge can get deposited in the victory P.O. box. And when the challenge meets the victory, the victory overcomes and the victory wins and the victory is the champion. God gives us victory over COVID. He gives us victory over cancer. He gives us victory over diabetes. He gives us victory over any tumor. He gives us victory over any sickness, any disease, any infirmity. Jesus touched lepers. Leprosy is contagious. Jesus touched them. And when victory touched them, victory won. Victory came in and cleansed lepers. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Whose faith? Our faith. Who gave us our faith? Jesus. Our faith comes from God. But it's your faith. It's you believing what he said. You standing on what he said. You agreeing on what he said. You trusting what he said. That's our faith. Say, it's my faith. Say, my faith is the faith of Jesus. You've got the same faith that Jesus has. That's why you can do the same works. So, victory has been placed in you by the Holy Spirit. I mean, if this, okay, if we have the same spirit, which we do, that raised Christ from the dead, wouldn't you say that raising Christ from the dead is a victory? Yeah. Matter of fact, Paul says, oh, uh, he has, oh, death is swallowed up in victory. And if we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, in other words, the same spirit that was instrumental in bringing Jesus out of the grave, he's given to us, then that means we have resurrecting victory in us. We have the victorious spirit in us. When the Holy Spirit gets in you, he gets in you when you're born again, and he comes on you when you're filled with fire. You have the spirit of victory. The spirit of victory and the spirit of faith are the same spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, you're doing great with this. This is really awesome. See, what does the Holy Spirit do? He helps with weaknesses. So, he puts people in the world 
that are one-third saved. Did you know that you're one-third saved? What do I mean by that? Your spirit is born again. The real you was born again, but your body's not. Your mind, your, your uh, soul, your mind, will, and emotions, they're not saved. Right? They're going to be saved when Jesus comes back again. Right? In the twinkling of an eye, you're going to be changed. You're going to put on a glorified body just like that. God, when Jesus comes, he's coming with a change of clothing. Hallelujah. He's coming with a new tent, a new house. He's coming with an upgrade. Amen? And we're going to be changed just like that. When Jesus comes, well, we're going to put on incorruption, glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Say change is coming. Amen. Yeah. This, you don't have to put up with this old body forever. Can you say amen? Amen. What did Jesus, Jesus ate with a glorified body? He traveled with a glorified body. He didn't need to change your clothing. See, when you got a glorified body, your clothes change with you. You don't have to bring a suitcase. Jesus walked through walls in a glorified body. He was flesh and bone. He didn't have any blood in his glorified body. Jesus could talk in his glorified body. People recognized him in his glorified body. So, people are going to recognize you and your glorified body. How did Peter, James, and John recognize Moses and Elijah when they were talking to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? They knew it was Moses and Elijah. How did they know? They never saw him, but they recognized him. Why? Because when you're in the Spirit, you recognize people in the same Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Amen? All right? The Arabic and the Ethiopic versions of 1 John 5, 4, it says, Your faith produces great things, heroic actions, and wonderful victories are ascribed to your faith. How many want some heroic actions and wonderful victories? Yeah. That's the kind of faith you have. You have heroic faith. You have wonder-working faith. Amen? Why did Jesus tell people who got healed it was their faith that made them whole? Because their faith, they demonstrated faith in God, right? And their faith gave them the victory over their sickness of what they were dealing with. See, we live in a world that has death in it. You know, there was a time when death wasn't in this world. When God created man... He created him to live forever. God did not have death in his original plan. Man brought death through sin. Romans 5 tells us this. Through one man, sin entered the world, and death by sin. It wasn't death by chocolate, it was death by sin. <laughs> So, if you wonder why bad things happen to good people, it's our fault. Yeah. Oh, that puts a different perspective on it now, doesn't it? Yeah. What? Man let sin into the world. God did not let sin into the world. God did not create this world with sin. But man was tempted. 
and man disobeyed God. See, God gave man his word, and the word was supposed to protect man from any harm in the garden. The man was supposed to tend the garden. That means, don't let snakes do the talking. That means when a serpent talks, you eradicate him. You don't listen to him. One conversation with a snake brought hell on earth. And really, that's really a wrong statement because hell's not, I mean, hell is the final place. It, okay, one conversation with the snake brought death on earth. That's a better way to say that. Right? right yeah. Don't talk to snakes. Do you know that the devil may not show up like a snake, but he might show up like someone else? Yeah, right. Yeah. He might show up as a feeling. He might show up on something that stirs your emotion. What? He's subtle. He doesn't say, Hello, I'm the devil. I'm going to tempt you today. <laughs> Would you like to be tempted? No. He's going to try to find a way. See, he uses deception. So he finds a way to weave his way in that's, that you don't know, that you can't readily see. And all the devil can do is offer suggestions and ideas. He can't make you do anything. You know, he's, what did he say to Eve? What did God say? Oh, if we touch this or eat it, we're going to die. You're not going to die. He said it in such a calm voice. He said it in such a soft voice. You're not going to die. He planted a seed in her mind. Mm-hmm. and But it was contrary to what God said. Yeah. God had already said that if you eat it, you're going to die. Who's the truth? God is the truth. Amen. And she went with something that disagreed with the truth and that's what opened the door. us strength to overcome the world. It doesn't matter the size of the problem or the size of the enemy. Faith will make them all fall. See, they talked about the antagonist. He's the problem maker of the story. He's the antagonist. He's the instigator. Right? He causes the frustration, but he gives an opportunity for the hero to come in. Right? Satan is our antagonizer. And, uh, but we have the tools that can overcome him, that can stop him, that can shut him up, that can tell him to go. You know, Satan cannot stand in the presence of a believer when the believer says go in the name of Jesus. He has got to leave. See, faith is both our victory and our victor, because faith is personal. Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. 
All of our faith comes from Him. It's finished by Him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <coughs> the more faith grows stronger in your heart, the greater the world yields. Goliath was a representative of the world. He had no covenant with God, which meant he had no relationship with God. And he was mocking God's people. For 40 days, he was using fear, intimidation, and pressure. I mean, he was nine foot tall. He was a warrior from here. And if you're a soldier, and if you're facing someone who's nine foot tall and better word from you, you know, the natural reaction is fear. But David didn't look at his size. David heard his voice. And David immediately recognized that he had, that this Goliath had no relationship with God, and David had a relationship with God, so David counteracted what the enemy said, and he took action. It was David's faith that got him the victory over Goliath. Amen? And he did it against the world's conventionality. The world would have said, you need armor. You need shield. You need a sword. You need a spirit. David said, no, I just need some rocks. <laughs> you know, David was a musician. He was a rock and roller. Right? <laughs> when, when he let the rocks fly, the giants rolled. That's called rock and roll, right? Play that harp again, David. Come on. Sing that song. The victory over the world was won when you believed in Jesus. The minute you believed in Jesus, you entered the winner's circle. The minute you believed in Jesus, God waved the checkered flag. And, uh, you know, David had some mighty men. Right? This is from 2 Samuel 23. And uh, this is 8 to 12. I just find this humorous. These are the names of the mighty men who, when David had uh, Josh Beb, whatever his name is, the Tachamite, whatever that is, chief among the capital. You know, sometimes these names you just skip over. He was called uh, Adino the Esnite because he had killed 800 men. Everybody say 800 men. One man killed 800 men. How many know when God's with you, the odds are in your favor? Amen. Okay? After him was Eliezer, the son of a dodo. That made me laugh. Yeah, I chuckled at that. The Ahohite. Wow. One of three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel retreated. So three men stood while the men of Israel retreated. These were David's men. Okay? Uh, He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. That means he couldn't get get his his hand unraveled from the sword. It was stuck, but he was a fighter because he knew he was going to get the victory. Amen? I mean... When your hand is stuck to the sword, that's some intense fighting. 
Right? You know, our hand needs to get stuck to the two-edged sword. The Bible says lay hold on eternal life. That's laying hold on the Word of God. Amen? Alright? And then uh, after him was Shammah. That guy's son. The Philistines had gathered together a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. This man loved his beans. <laughs> Maybe he loved Taco Bell and their bean burrito. I don't know. But he's in a field of lentils, right? The people fled from the Philistines. He stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed them. You are not taking my beans and defending these beans. That will give you victory over beans. Not everything cracks me up. The Lord brought a great victory. God loves when someone defends what he's given them. We've got to defend what God has given us. We've got to defend this country. God gave us this country. The world didn't give us this country. We've got to defend this country. We've got to stand up for what's right. Just like that big field. That man had visions of burritos. I'm going to make me some burritos. We can take it on. I'm going to make some bean casserole. Lentil soup. You're not getting this. You might think a bean field is insignificant. What's your bean field? What has God given you? What promise has God given you? It's up to you to defend it. I mean, if a man can defend the bean field, we can defend what God's given us. Can't we? He's just looking to... Stand up with faith. Amen? Look at how God gave his people victory over Egypt. Look at Psalm 105. Psalm 105. I'm having a good time today. (laughs) Psalm 105 is a summary of what God did. And we're going to start with verse 37. Psalm 105, verse 37. Number one, he brought them out with silver and gold. Isn't that a victory? What was Israel in Egypt? What was their occupation? How many slaves do you know that come out with gold and silver? Only only slaves that belong to God, amen? They were slaves to Egypt, but God set them free. All right? And there was none feeble among them. That's a victory. Because when you're a slave, you don't get treated the nicest. Your employer doesn't care if you're tired. Right? Your employer doesn't want to give you the day off if you want the day off. If you're a slave now. Don't equate your employer with a slave driver. Because even though Joseph was a slave, he didn't think of himself as a slave. So don't think of yourself as a slave. I'm just pointing this out. Alright? Verse 39. He spread a cloud for covering and fire to give them night. So he covered them from the sun and he gave them fire at night so that they could have the victory. Okay? I I want you to see the lengths that God goes to to give you the victory. God's saying, I'm doing all I can for you. Come on! 
25, verse 40. The people asked, and he brought quail. That's really nice, because actually the people complained. <laughs> and he satisfied them with bread from heaven. Everybody said bread from heaven. Bread from heaven. And God gave them food cake. Verse 41, he opened the rock and water gushed out. He made sure that they were fed. He made sure that they were watered. He made sure that they were delivered. He made sure that they had sustenance. I mean, for 400 years, God paid them 400 years of back wages in one day. One day! Verse 42, he remembered his holy promise. You know, God never forgets his word. Verse 43, he brought his people out with joy. Everybody say, with joy. joy. It's joyful to come to Jesus. It's joyful to get on God's side. God, joy helps you get the victory. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't let the world steal your joy. The world didn't give you its joy. God gives you joy. So don't let the world take your joy away. Laugh at the devil. I'll never forget Brother Hagin. After he was healed from being in bed for 17 months. He was 17 years old and weighed 70 pounds. And on a Saturday morning, he walked out of that room for the first time after being healed. And he went down and sat breakfast, and his grandfather said, Is Lazarus alive? Or is Lazarus resurrected? That's what his grandfather said. And, well, anyway, shortly after, he felt the same symptoms coming up on his body that he had when he was paralyzed in that bed. Alright? He was paralyzed pretty much from the waist down. He, He described it as, it would take him a day to turn one page in the Bible. Like several hours. That's how, that's how his situation was. Anyway, so he felt the same symptoms coming up on him. So you know what he did? He didn't feel like laughing, but he went, ha, ha, ha. And the devil said, oh, I'm going to get you now. You're, you're, you're going to die now. And the, 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 this is what the devil said in his mind. Okay? And so he went, ha, ha, He started to laugh. And the devil said, what, what are you laughing at? And Brother Hagin said, I'm laughing at you. The devil said, why are you laughing at me? Because he said, God said I'm healed, and I'm healed. Alright? And the, the, the symptoms were still there, and, and the devil came back again, was telling him in his mind, I'm going to get you this time, you're, you're, you're not going to make it, you're going to die, and he laughed again. And the devil said, what are you laughing at? Brother Hanks, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> Why? Because God said it, I believe what God said, and that's it. And this happened three times, and then the devil didn't come out of it anymore about it, because the devil knew he was defeated. Amen? Amen. How, did he, how did he get win that battle? He won through joy. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you can win a battle through joy. Yeah, yeah. If you're feeling stressed out, start to laugh. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say if you felt like laughing. I said laugh. <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit will kick in. And then it will turn to something greater and more powerful. But you've got to take that first initial step of faith. Yeah. You know? I mean, God is... When, when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, God did not move the people's mouths. 
He simply gave them the words to say in here, and they had to do the talking. They were the ones that did the speaking. God doesn't make you move. You know, when Peter came to the man at the gate beautiful, he did take him by the hand, and he said, in the name of Jesus, arise and walk. But first, that man had to give him his attention. And he got the man's attention, and then he gave him something that the man wasn't even asking for. He gave him the power of God. And that man went leaping and praising, following them into the church, into the synagogue at the time. You know, when the faith that overcomes the victory is the faith that does something. It doesn't do nothing, and I don't care if that's bad English, I don't care, uh, not at this moment, but... uh, (laughs) You know, Leroy Thompson, he's a a preacher uh, in Darrell, Louisiana, and uh, he's a page, you know, he he doesn't speak the best English, and so one time he said, I hired an English teacher, and she was helping me to say things the right way, and he said, as I did that, he said, I lost half my anointing. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let it go. So, God didn't give you a faith that doesn't do anything. It has to do something. Whether you take a step or utter a word or faith to lift your hands. I remember as a Catholic boy who just got saved, we didn't lift our hands in the Catholic Church except to do the sign of the cross. That was the only lifting of the hands we did. Stand up, sit down, kneel. Stand up, sit down, kneel. What do you call uh, a Catholic that's fulfilled with the Holy Spirit? (laughs) (laughs) They get stuck doing the sign of the cross. I can say that because I was that. So, I can remember as a young Catholic boy when I got born again. And now, I'm in a church where they're raising their hands. And I remember the first time. You know, when I got born again, it was like this. Uh, It wouldn't go any higher. I'm looking at my sister. Okay, I want to go get pregnant, you know. But I went from here to here. And I can remember... When I lifted my hands, it felt so freeing. It felt so wonderful. It was like, this is cool. I like this. I'm going to keep doing it. Amen? This is the progression that we got to do. Faith has to do something. You've got to move. You've got to speak. You've got to take some action. Whatever the action the Holy Spirit tells you, that's the faith that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples, go to John 16, verse 33. 16, verse 33. He said, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Say there's tribulation in the world. But notice what Jesus said. I picture Jesus with a big smile. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. 
If Jesus can overcome the world, you can overcome the world because you're in Him. Yeah. And He's in you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God transferred His victory to you. His healing. You can renew your mind. You can enjoy freedom. You can have financial increase. You can have enhanced relationships. You can have total victory in every area. How many want some total victory? Hallelujah. Now, how are we going to get this victory? I've said all this to say this. <laughs> Number one, you've got to know that you're born of God. Everyone who is born of God. What does that mean? You accept Jesus as your Savior. And from that moment, you live for Him. You walk with Him. You listen to Him. Amen? You become in an active relationship with Him. Babies are active. They cry when they're hungry. They cry when they need to be changed. They coo. <laughs> babies are fun. You can speak many languages to babies and they just enjoy it. You can pick them up and they're just like, they're fun. You know, I've gotten to the point where when Josiah says, Daddy, can we wrestle? I say, No. I like wrestling with him when he was smaller, but not now. It's a lot of work wrestling with him now. I don't win as easily. And I certainly don't wrestle with Gabriel. I'll never forget when we were taking some jujitsu and Gabriel and I even spar with one another. There were lots of times he beat me. But that's okay. But see, when you're born again, God told a religious leader, he said, you're not going to see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Right. First step of getting the victory, getting the faith that overcomes the world is getting born again. Having Jesus as your Savior. It's not just... I heard a testimony yesterday of someone that sat at my table at the men's conference. And he was sharing with me how he grew up Amish. And as a young boy, he was having tormenting dreams. Bad things were happening in his mind. And he was talking to his father about it. And he said, I did not share with my father everything that was going on in my mind. But his dad said, son, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. And he did. And when he did, those tormenting uh, things stopped in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So you've got to be born again. You get to choose who's your Savior. And if you haven't done that, you need to do it. And if you've done it and you're not walking with Him, you need to start walking with Him. You need to change today. Don't don't leave this place not walking closely to Jesus. Because the world will put too much pressure on you for it to find a way of you so that you can lose your victory. Alright? He said, God said, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You have someone in you that's greater than the world. Okay? So, let's see. uh, Five things that's going to give you the victory. Number one, 
You've got to speak the victory. Amen? If you need to, listen, you can come to me, I'll give you a pep talk. But then you've got to speak. You've got to be able to speak on your own. Amen? You've got to speak winning, overcoming, succeeding, gathering spoil, being free, and being blessed. You've got to talk the talk and walk the walk. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, seeing that we have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, we believe and therefore we speak. As a king on this earth, you are a king and a priest, both men and women. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're kings and priests. Yeah. How does a king go about having a party? Does he put on his overhauls? Does he go to uh, his cabinet and, and get the party spot? No. He sits on that throne and says, I want to have a party. And, and everybody else, yes, your highness, we're going to have a party. All he does is speak and then action takes place. We need to be like, this is how faith works. We need to speak and things will take place. Amen? Amen. Before David defeated Goliath, he had to talk. Yep. He had to talk victory. He had to declare where his source was. The name, my weapon is the name of God. He talked it. Amen? So you got to speak the victory. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. That's how the victory is released. Faith comes by hearing, but it's released by speaking. Speak the mountains. Speak to storms. Speak to dead things. Speak to withered hands. Speak to demons. Amen? Speak to your body. You have authority. Number two. After you speak the victory, you've got to walk in victory. This is not victory. What's wrong? Everything. That is not victory. What does the Bible say? Second, or Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. That's all I'm going to say. You've got to walk like Jesus walked. When the pressure was on Jesus to be killed, what did He do? He just walked away. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he walked away. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, actually, no, the Bible says, I want you to notice about your feet. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread shall be what? Shall be yours. Where you walk matters. How you walk matters. We've got to walk in victory. We've got to walk like we're a champion. We've got to walk and carry ourselves. Walking is how we live. Living every day. We've got to live by faith. We've got to walk by faith. We've got to walk in this victory. Amen? Amen. You've got to walk. You've got to walk. Hallelujah. The Bible has a lot to say about how we walk. Walk as Jesus walked. You can fill his shoes. I remember they were asking uh, when Richard Roberts 
became the president of ORU, they were facing $40 million of debt. How many would like $40 million of debt on your shoulders? And uh, he, he wrote a book at that time called He Who Laughs, Last and Last and Last. And uh, he was describing how he was in a board meeting and they were talking about uh, finances and they were asking, well, how are you going to fill your father's shoes? And he said, well, my father wore 11s and I wore nine and a half. He said, I'm not going to fill his shoes. And he fell out of his seat laughing. <laughs> and that happened more than once during that time. And they, they, they had stopped giving to different things, okay, as a, as a ministry, as a university. And he decided they were going to start giving to those things. And God started to do miraculous things. As he was laughing out of his chair, literally, people were looking at him like, this man is crazy, it's too much, he's having a nervous breakdown, but God was working. Amen? And uh, money started to come in, they started to give, and the debt started to get smaller and smaller, you know? When we came to this church, this church owed $94,000 on a mortgage. We paid it off in nine years. Amen? And I didn't even have to laugh out of my chair. God is good. Number three, you've got to speak victory, you've got to walk in victory, you've got to stand in victory. You've got to stand fast in the Lord. Just like that guy in the bean field. He stood, right? Just like Moses stood. God said, when, when, he, when the Amalekites had attacked Israel. They had just gotten out of Egypt, and this was the first battle that, this, this was the first type of pressure that the enemy was going to put on them after crossing the Red Sea. And God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, you got to stand in victory. You got to stand up for victory. Amen? You got to stand and defend your victory. Stand in victory. Hallelujah. Stand fast in faith. Be brave. Be strong. Say, I'm standing. You've got to stand on His promises. Nothing else is going to hold you up. When things are going wrong in life, the only thing that's going to get you through is what God said and what you believe about what God said. You've got to stand in victory. Amen? Stand strong. Right? And then you gotta speak the victory, you gotta walk in victory, you gotta stand in victory, you gotta fight for victory. How many fighters are in here? Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You know, you gotta be strong in grace. That's God's ability, God's power, God's favor, God's goodness. That's, that's His source, man. We're saved by grace. We're saved by His strength. We're saved by His power. And then He says, The things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship. Endure hardship. As a good soldier. What's a good soldier? I'm 
here on the master's orders. I'm here doing the master's will. I'm going to fight. Amen? Listen, soldiers have to endure some things. But guess what? We're equipped to endure. Why? We've got victory. We've got victorious faith. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Otherwise, they'll choke the word. If you're entangled with the affairs of this life, the word's going to get choked out of you. Alright? That he may please him who enlisted him. And then the final thing that we've got to do to get this victory is we've got to receive the victory. We've got to receive the victory. Hebrews 10.35 Do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. Say, my confidence will be rewarded greatly. What does it mean to cast away your confidence? To quit early. To stop believing. To stop doing what you know to do. To stop being consistent in following God. You know, I heard a preacher say years ago in Tennessee, he said, it's inconsistency that lies the power. Doing, developing that pattern of doing what God says each and every day. You develop a pattern. That's really what it means to walk by faith. You're setting up a pattern. A pattern of serving God. A pattern of following God. A pattern of doing what the Word says. Amen? It's a pattern. It's a lifestyle. So don't cast away your confidence. After you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Alright? 1 Peter 1, 6-9, and then I'm done. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, if you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You might be tested by fire, but you've got a faith that's fireproof. Your faith will always pull you through the fire. Amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to go into the fire. But they, listen, if you're going to go into the fire, go in with faith. Yeah. Yeah. Go in and believe in God. <laughs> well, what if I die, Pastor? Die in faith. <laughs> die in faith. That's not a bad way to die. What happens when a Christian dies? That was easy. The minute you die, you go into glory. You're with Jesus. So we might as well die. Whether we live, whether we die, let's live for the Lord. Let's die for the Lord. Let's do it for Jesus. Jesus did not tell his disciples, Oh boys, I'm getting ready to raise the cross. Pray for me. I need you pray. He didn't do that. Matter of fact, they fell asleep thinking he couldn't really have nothing to pray for them. Boys, can you not pray with me one hour? Wake up! Pray for one hour is like a snooze alarm. Would you pray for me for one hour? <laughs> I can see young Christians. Pray for an hour. <laughs> you know, if you want to pray for an hour, it starts with one minute. And if you want that one minute to become ten, it can become ten. If you want that ten to become twenty, it can become twenty. If you want that twenty to become sixty, it can become sixty. And when you do that, you'll be like, I prayed for how long? Oh, I didn't even realize the time. Where did the time go? Amen? We got to receive the victory. Jesus did all this work. 
God's voice. He showed us how to do God's will. He showed us how to overcome. He showed us how to overcome death. How to face death with victory. You kill this body in three days, it's coming back. And man, that's me. Abraham knew that if Isaac died on the altar, he was going to be resurrected. He knew it. That's faith. You've got to go in. You've got to receive the victory. God has given you a great victory. Let's receive it today. Let's be receivers of his victory. Amen? Say, I have the victory that God has given me. My faith is the victory over this world. Isn't that good news? That's good news. That's good news. It begins with a relationship with Jesus. Amen? And if your relationship is broken, it can be restored. You have not gone too far away from God. Because you're still breathing. There's still hope for you. If you're not walking with God, I encourage you. I strongly encourage you. Make a decision today that you're going to walk with Him. It's the only way that we can have the victory. We're living in a dangerous world. Uh, They said in in the last days, what kind of time? Perilous. Have we seen perilous times? You know, we're living in those perilous times, but your faith is greater than the peril. Your faith can overcome the pressure. Right? You, how many know what a weevil was? When I was a young boy, they had these things called, it was a commercial. Weevils wobble, but they don't fall down. Right? A weevil was a doll that had a rounded bottom. Right? And you could push that weevil down to the side, he'd pop right back up. You could push him back, he'd pop right back up. Push him forward, he'd pop right back up. Push him to the side. It doesn't matter which way you pushed him, that weevil would come back up. We need to be some weevil Christians today. We need to be some Christians that when we get pushed down, we pop right back up. When we get knocked down, we come right back up. When we, get, when we fall down, we get right back up in the name of Jesus.
believe that Jesus, I believe that Jesus is, your son. is your son. I believe, I believe. He, died he died and rose again. I believe he's coming back. I Jesus, Jesus, I invite you into my life. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my strength. You are my deliverer. You are my rest. You are my provider. You are my soul keeper. I love you, Lord. Be Lord. I yield to you. I submit to you. I follow you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. from any sickness, disease, or infirmity. And you need the victory over that today. There is victory in healing. Anybody need to be healed today of anything? Hallelujah. You stand out to the aisle.